Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I have absolutely no idea if Eric Holcomb is going to run for Senate. But if you're asking me, I will tell you now what I said then. No thank you. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. That's where you find it all. It was a story over there at Wish TV. And it was that Holcomb could be considering, he's of course the governor, he's termed out from running for for re-election, and that he could be considering the possibility of running for Senate in 2024. You know, Senator Mike Braun has already filed his paperwork. I only expect more people to be filing theirs in the run for governor. Braun wants to be the governor of, of Indiana. Holcomb, uh, in answering a question for the people over there at Wish TV, we've got a long session January through April, and we've got got to win that race first and foremost. That's not actually a race. It's budget and a whole host of other things. There'll be time for me to think about the future in the future, but it would be irresponsible for me to take my eye off the job that I've got. Well, what else is he going to say? What else is he going to answer? In my anecdotal view, conversations that I've had in confidence, and I would never say with whom I had the conversation, nor the details of the conversation, just like I have never ever addressed the details of the conversation I had with Governor Holcomb in my last conversation with him, uh, it did not go well. Uh, if if someone was to ask me, I would simply say uh, the rudeness of Governor Eric Holcomb was well noted. None of the conversations that I've had, none of the sources that I utilize, have given me any indication at all that Governor Holcomb is actually considering a run for the Senate. That could mean nothing because I am someone who takes a look at where he's he may go after this and I look at the fact that he might see himself as someone who goes to run the NCAA. Fan of college athletics right here in Indianapolis, doesn't have to go move too far, has all the connections, Bippity-boppity-boo and done. And I've had some people say to me, why in the world would anybody want to be the head of a dying organization? You've got uh, players that are engaged uh, more and more uh, independence, right? They they have more and more independence. You have uh, these uh, groups, the associations, I'll call them leagues for a better word, but it's really conferences, exerting more and more power. What is the purpose of uh, the, the the group there at the NCAA headquarters. And with NIL, name, image, likeness, right? The, the, the idea that you can profit off of wh- what you look like. You can profit off your imagery. You can, you can have those kinds of appearance fees and everything else. There are people making millions. Well, how does that kind of grow? And do you get to the place now where the, where, where the athlete is actually an employee? I mean... You may not want to be around any of this kind of stuff. This might involve some actual work. Might involve some actual work. I I don't know. I don't know the depths of, of, of the issue. 
Now, I've also heard that Mitch Daniels might be interested. Is he? Isn't he? I don't know. Is it a rumor? Yeah. I mean, you want me to play the music? I'll I'll play them. I'll I'll do it for you. I will. Where where is in the world is my music? All right, there it is. So, whew, that was frightening for a second. So the rumor is. That's enough of that. Maybe he's interested, but again, I think it's in the same kind of you know. People just going blah, 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 blah. It's, it's that. It's that kind of, of spewing. And, and I don't take any of it as, as gospel at all. But people have said to me, eh, Holcomb is NCAA. That's not going to happen. People that I know, like, and trust. So I'm like, well, maybe. Maybe he does run for Senate. But I will tell you what I said then is the same thing that's true, uh, that, that, that holds true now. I'm not interested in in the swap. I didn't like the show Wife Swap. I'm not interested in political swap. I'm not interested in the idea that my senator becomes governor, my governor becomes senator, and somehow that's normal. That's not normal. I don't want these names so uh, entrenched in my life. Now, with both of these men, I see failings that are greater than their goods. For Governor Holcomb, it's very simple. You vote against protecting young women in sports, you're out. Legislation to say boys are not girls and girls are not boys and boys don't play girls sports, no matter what they say. And your answer is, well, that's not really a problem in Indiana. The IHSAA, right, the high school uh, athletic uh, group, they, they don't see it as a problem. If they've got a system, they can handle it. No. No, 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 no. You may not want to deal with the social issues, but you got to stand up sometimes and deal with the social issues. Certainly one as simple and as concrete as I see it as we're going to protect girls in sports and not allow a boy to say they're a girl and engage in these sports. That's wrong. It's unacceptable. We don't do it. It's not mean and it's not hateful. And I don't give a damn if the ACLU sues. I'm going to protect young girls in sports because boys are not girls and girls are not boys. Those girls deserve our protection. They should be allowed to compete against other girls at the highest level. And that's the end. You want to fight? Let's fight. But Governor Holcomb clearly, clearly never wants to say that. Now, I'll argue, as I have before, I think with some levels of success, that you don't have to get involved in every fight and you don't have to make everything a fight. You don't. You're allowed to engage in a bit of selectiveness. You're allowed to say that matters and that doesn't. You don't want to protect girls in sports? Dude, that's weird. That's really, really weird. And so he vetoes. And he's like, go on, override. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. (laughs) Uh, They had the votes. And they overrode his veto. And good. For that alone... 
I don't believe Governor Holcomb has the temperament necessary to take on some of the issues that will come to the U.S. Senate. You could say to me, Tony, those aren't the issues that come to the U.S. Senate. Of course those are the issues that come to the U.S. Senate. Of course they are. But if I can't get somebody who understands that boys are not girls and girls are not boys, that's not rude, that's fact. How do I then trust you when it comes to a treaty? Uh, It's a serious question for me. It's how I absolutely view it. How do I trust you when it comes to the passing of the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act? How do I trust you not to cave on engaging taxation or increased spending? Because you know this has to be done. If you won't stand up for what is very clearly and easily the single most simple subject, young women in sports should be allowed to compete at the highest level against young women in sports then I don't know how I trust you for the rest. I I really and truly don't. When it came to how he worked COVID, it was clearly wrong. And he kept doing it, extending out uh, those uh, emergency mandates, leaving it to Dr. Christina Box to decide how the state was run and engaging lockdowns when you knew it not only didn't do any good, you knew it was a danger to the state. But you went along with it. You decided that you had to work with Michigan and you had to work with, with, with Ohio and Illinois and Kentucky. Why? That's not leadership. And what we saw, unfortunately, was that lack of leadership. So I now have multiple reasons why Governor Holcomb would not be my guy for Senate. He just wouldn't be. And I think that he would be ripe for a series of challenges. Because we have seen that when he runs for statewide office, he's not very good at it. Remember, he wanted to replace uh, then-Senator Dan Coats. That did not go well. But he's now had eight years of being governor, and I think people take a look at him and say, oh, fine, governor. Right? Probably has a popularity uh, still. Not as big as when he won re-election, but still. So he's got some things that he can run on. It's, he's a different person, different candidate. I should say, uh, than when he was running for, for that coat seat. But I think that he is vulnerable, and I think there's opportunities for people. Now we take a look at Senator Mike Braun, who wants to be governor. I have made my case here. I'm not even mad at the guy in terms of, and when I see him, I say, hello, we've done interviews since this happened. You were going to challenge the election result. You were going to raise your hand and say, I challenge. Because there are some things worth challenging, Pennsylvania specifically. And then the riot takes place and you change your mind? Nope. You allowed a mob to change your mind. Not facts, not logic, not reason, not a better way, a mob. Count me out. Count me out from Mike Braun being the next governor of of Indiana. I believe that to be disqualifying. Now, he's going to have a real problem with the base in these conversations about qualified immunity and police and that appearance on Tucker Carlson that was simply beyond dreadful. Oh, of course it's going to be dug up. It's going to be primary dug up. Because Mike Braun can spend an outrageous amount of money.
I believe, I believe in the Latin, we refer to it as a crap ton of money. Crap ton is what we, is what we call it, is how we refer to it. And he's going to. Oh, he's going to. But I think that there are a lot of things can be done regarding the candidacy of Senator Mike Braun uh, to show uh, that um, uh, he, he, he got himself a bit swampy. And that while he tries to align himself with bills you could agree with, in the end, those things happen or don't happen, and he is, ne- he is really a non-factor, much more of a hanger-on than a driving force. But dear Lord, you, you allowed a mob to change your mind just on that subject alone. You can get beat up pretty bad. And for me, it's disqualifying. Also, you can't point to uh, uh, this myriad of things in the Senate where he brought his business acumen uh, to bear and really made a difference. What's he going to tell me? Well, you can't make a difference in the Senate, and so that's why I'm running for governor. Um, you got a lot of money, man. Just go hang out in Jasper and have a good time. What's wrong with that? Why do you feel the need for the political office? I don't want to serve in the Senate anymore because it's too hard. If you're going to leave the Senate because the place is dysfunctional, if it's me, why not, and I'm just spitballing here, burn the place to the ground. Start talking about it. Start talking about what the issues are, who the issues are, why they won't work, why they won't uh, engage in conversation, why they won't engage in compromise, how this is happening, how it's affecting Hoosiers, how it's affecting Americans. I mean, I'm not here to give the guy advice. I'm here to see who else is running for governor. This great swap, I don't think this is a good deal for you, me, and we. I'm not down with this deal. And uh, if, if, it, if, it was, uh, if it was Howie Mandel asking me the question, I would say no deal. And then I'd uh, pick another case from one of the models. But not Meghan Markle. Not Meghan Markle because she'd end up calling me a racist. You know Meghan Markle used to be a, on Deal or No Deal. What, what, what a life trajectory she's had. Good Lord. More to get to. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. There's going to be more that comes out about this story regarding Senator Ted Cruz and his daughter, 14, and as reported, hospitalized with self-inflicted knife wounds. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The horror, it it, it is, It, it is what it is. If you have children... And you see them go through hard times and you you know you're reaching out, you know you're talking to them, you know you're trying to be supportive, but you don't know what goes on in their head. You never know what's going on in someone's head. I can tell you, I can tell you that as someone who went through this, there's no way people thought I was somebody contemplating suicide. There's just there's just absolutely no way that, that anybody uh, uh, thought it. Representatives for the senator saying the situation is a family matter. Their daughter is okay. Um, and that's, you don't even have to tell us that, sir. You, you don't have to share any part about this with any, any of us. Stories about 
his daughter uh, coming out as this, disagreeing with her dad. Yeah, daughters disagree with their dads all the time. It's not every time is your father a U.S. senator. And it's a subject by which we, the American people, don't need any, any commentary to. There are 13-year-old and 14-year-old girls and boys all across America and have been for generations unhappy, depressed, looking for a way out. In my view, looking for the wrong way. In my view, looking for the wrong way. And you have people from across the aisle uh, sending their support to, to, to Senator Cruz because, and his family because nobody wants this. And God, I would only help that nobody wants this. You do your best to know where your kids are at. You check on them and you recheck on them. And in the end, it is a horror show as a parent to realize that you you don't know. You just do the best that you can. You do the best you can to see the signs, to keep an eye, to pay attention, to be loving, to be caring, to allow them to disagree. But you 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 got to look at this situation and say, "Dear Lord, how awful." I think the expression, there but for the grace of God go I, I think there are parents who are saying that right now, and there are parents who have been in this situation. There are parents who have absolutely been in this situation, and I am only, I I am only um, buoyed, if you will, by the fact that that there are people out there uh, from all sorts of stripes saying, leave this family alone, this is awful. And it is. I share the story because it, it, it's out there. I didn't want you to think that I was ignoring it. I, The entire conversation of suicide is one I've had on the show before and I'll have again. Uh, and though I never had to make the call, 1-800-273-8255 is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 1-800-273-8255, or you can just dial 988. Just because I didn't make that call, I didn't. I went another way. Don't think you shouldn't. Make the call if you need to make the call. All the best wishes in the world to uh, the daughter of Ted Cruz and the entire family. This is Tony Katz today. So you take a look at what happened in Georgia, and you take a look at the fact that Herschel Walker loses to the incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock, but it wasn't a blowout. It was just a loss. Does it matter at this stage of the game? Does it matter that it's just a loss? A loss is a loss is a loss. Exactly how many losses are the Republican Party going to take in an election that everybody thought, including Democrats and all Democrats, that they were going to get blown out in? Yet it's Republicans who did not make it happen in the Senate and barely made it in the House. There are successes. There are successes in those school board races. You saw massive success 
in New York, but you didn't see success in getting people over the finish line. You didn't get Lee Zeldin into that governor's chair in New York, which was a very difficult thing to do. You didn't do it with Carrie Lake. You didn't do it with Adam Laxalt. There are places where there were losses. And, of course, this Georgia race. So is the question, is the, is the, the question I guess, is, is the problem in front of us the candidate quality or is the problem in front of us how we run? how we engage going out there and trying to get the vote. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is good uh, to be with you. You can find everything that I'm doing over there at TonyKatz.Locals.com. Kurt Schlichter joins us uh, right now. He's a trial lawyer by trade. That's how you know him. And then, of course, you know his work as an author. He has the Kelly Turnbull series of books. You can find those at Amazon.com, The People's Republic, Inferno, Crisis, Collapse, uh, The Split. His latest book, Inferno, is available at Amazon.com, part of the Kelly Turnbull series of books. You also know his work as a columnist at Townhall.com. And I've been trying, Kurt, to figure out how you create the difference between what took place in Georgia and then what's going on with the party and this real conversation of how do the same people who didn't bring victory, whether it be Kevin McCarthy in the House or uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate or Rona McDaniel, uh, they're the head of the RNC, how are they still in power yet? McCarthy gets reelected to leader, McConnell gets reelected to leader, and it very much seems now with Lee Zeldin saying he's not going to run, uh, the Republican from New York, that Rona McDaniel is going to remain in leadership. And I don't think I have what it takes to be able to uh, extricate the two things, right? Or, or split apart the two things. This Herschel Walker debacle, if you will, if you will, versus what's going on with the Republican Party as a whole. So I ask the question this way. What is the problem as you see it and as you've written about it with the Republican Party? And how do you go about making those changes? Well, Tony, we've got a lot of uh, problems with the Republican Party. A lot. Uh, and luckily, we have a little bit of uh, runway before the 2024 election. Uh, but you, you hit on an important point. There's no accountability here. One of the reasons our country is in such dire straits is the total lack of accountability on the part of the people who run things and have run it into the ground. So McCarthy, who, who did they did win back the House. They didn't get as many as we thought, but they did win back the House. I, I can live with him as Speaker. Uh, McConnell. I got some problems with, but I can't find a good substitute. There's no one else that I can think of who can hold together a coalition that spans from Susan Collins all the way over to J.D. Vance, other than McConnell, uh, which brings us Rona McDaniel. She is now 0-5 in elections, two of them being Georgia runoffs that they have been blown. Now, I, I, I know there are lots of excuses. There are lots of other reasons. You can talk about the effect of Trump. You can talk about, and, and he's partially to blame. You can talk about candidate mistakes. You could talk about the, uh, the, the wreck of the Republican uh, uh, brand. You could talk about funding. You can talk about all those things. Don't care. Rona McDaniel's the chair. The commander's responsible for everything a unit does or doesn't do. It's very linear about this. It's worked for 5,000 years in the military. It can work here, too. You're responsible. Get it done. I don't care what the problems are. We hired her to fix the problems. Now, Lee Zeldin has stepped out, but he says they need new blood. We got Harmeet Dillon as a potential candidate. I know Michael Lindell's been talking about it, but that's not going to happen. Uh, there are 168 Republican uh, poobahs who vote for the RNC chair, 
and uh, they better hear in the next few weeks from the base. I did a poll, Tony. It's not scientific, but I did a poll on Twitter. Follow me at Kurt Schlichter. 5,996 people voted. Who do you want to run the RNC? 0.6% voted for Rona. 0.6. That's a statistical anomaly. It's almost impossible. Literally more people would vote in favor of monkeypox than having Rona for another term. Now, we should be uh, engage a little bit of clarity here, talking to Kurt Schlichter, retired Colonel, United States Army, author of the book Inferno, a Kelly Turnbull novel, which you can find at Amazon.com. It's not about people being angry at Rona McDaniel. I have not heard anybody screaming and yelling about how much they dislike her. It is, like we see in NFL coaches, it's about the result. You're discussing it. It's 0-5. How is this even a question, and what's the argument in favor of keeping her? Well, the argument in favor of keeping her is she wants to be Republican chair. That's that's literally it. She's not, what's she, you know, hey, I've blown it five times. You know, six, six is my lucky number. I'm due. I mean, look, if she was a coach of a sports ball team, she'd be pounding the pavement. It's nothing personal. I'm, I, everybody who's met her says she's a nice lady. I'm sure she is. I don't care. I just want her gone because she has a proven track record of failure again and again and again. And I don't want to hear about how it was close. I don't want to hear about the problems. I hi- We hired her, and, and we, the Republican Party, did hire her. She works for us, the base, even if she doesn't think so. We hired her to not have it close, to not let the obstacle stop her. But she has. So she needs to go away. The question now comes to who do you replace her with? The devil you know versus the devil that that you don't. I ha- I've made this argument that you can't just simply accept that this is who you have because this is who you have or they're due or as Republicans often discuss, well, it's their turn. I don't, I don't believe in turns. I, I believe in, in victory. So do you have anybody else in mind? You mentioned some of the people who are running. Uh, I'm questioning who would you like to have run? And then what is it that you want to see them do? What are, as as you watch this uh, there from, from your, your world at, at townhall.com and, and the work you do both on Twitter at Kurt Schlick S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R, uh, and, and other places, uh, commentaries uh, on cable news outlets. What is the maneuver that the Republicans need to engage in order to get victory? Well, look, I, I, I'm a big supporter of Harmeet Dillon. That comes uh, in part from my law side. She's another California lawyer. She does a lot of high-profile conservative cases. I do kind of behind-the-scenes conservative stuff. But when there's a, a big case with a lot of media, I, I send it up to Harmeet, and she does a great job. She knows how to handle media. She knows how to communicate. That's step one. Uh, she also has been very deeply involved. She is a, uh, a, a committee person from California. So she knows the Republican National Committee from the inside, and she's been a longtime observer and a longtime critic who has seen the problems. She's fought election battles. She understands the election lawfare issues. She understands it probably better than almost anybody else in the Republican Party. Uh, she's also very popular among the base. Uh, she, you know, she she is not tied to big donors. She is not tied to big companies. She is uh, uh, truly uh, 
in sync with the current Republican Party, where you want to call it MAGA or America First or you know traditional conservative, whatever you want to call it. She is in line with the base and gets it. But she's also a person who knows how to interact at a very high level, uh, especially as a lawyer. She goes and gets and keeps clients. She knows how to work with donors. So she, she really checks all the boxes. Uh, she's also a great person. She's very honest. And, you know, she has a, a, a real personal experience in the screw-ups of the Republican Party. I think she's a great person to go in and fix some of the problems she's identified over the years. I encourage people to to look her up, Harmeet Dillon, H-A-R-M-E-E-T, Harmeet Dillon. Uh, read about her, but you, you know, you brought up the idea of Trump and his level of culpability, right? This this brings up the conversation of candidate quality, and and you had Van Jones on CNN thanking Trump for supporting uh, Herschel Walker. But when you take a look at that spread, it was what two or three points. It was, maybe it was even less when it all all the votes come in. It wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a fifteen point blowout. So as you see it. What is Trump's culpability? And is this a conversation about don't get wrapped up in it in 2024? As you've written about, you've written about the case for DeSantis, the case against DeSantis, the case uh, for and against everyone else as you're trying to share, hey, here are the thoughts that we we should be looking at as we look into 2024. You can find that all at townhall.com. What is Trump's culpability in your view? And has this uh, has these choices have these choices these nominations these endorsements I should say uh, hurt him going forward? Well, look, uh, uh, Trump did pretty poorly in disputed uh, Senate races. Uh, he, he he his endorsements did well in guys who were likely to win anyway. Uh, in the disputed guys, not so much. And the fact that they were very close indicates that the Trump factor was probably greater. That is, if Trump cost uh, Herschel two points one way or the other, well, that would that would switch things completely. Now, here's the thing about Trump. I think he was a great president. I think he did a lot of great things. I also think he has a ceiling because some people, I don't care why, it's irrelevant why, but hate him unreasonably. They weren't going to change their minds. For, for you know, And while Trump can motivate uh, uh, our base to some extent, I think... I think that's uh, lessening day by day. Uh, he definitely motivates the other side. I was told, I don't live in Georgia, but I was told that you, you saw two kinds of ads from Warnock. One abortion, one Herschel loves Trump. And, uh, you know, it, it looks like it paid off. The simple fact is a lot of people hate Trump and will vote against him or anyone he blesses. And that is a problem. It's not a moral judgment about Trump. It's an objective judgment. It's a problem. And uh, people are going to have to look at that over the next two years. But the, what I'm now going to hear, the emails that I will get from the the vocal, is that, oh, once again, Tony, you got another Trump hater uh, talking, uh, another yeah, never Trumper. Trump hater who you read the, you, you actually read the audio book of my book defending Trump against guerrilla charges, as I believe. I did, by the way. He wrote, uh, uh, Kurt has a book. I'm forgetting the name of it right now. Um, uh, 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump. Yeah, and you. I defended Trump, and I will also point out when uh, uh, when he's a problem. I- I'm unsentimental. I, I, you know, I, I, he's a politician. I don't owe him loyalty. He owes me loyalty. He owes me wins. If he's not winning, here's a handshake. Enjoy your retirement. 
I, I don't care about his feelings. I don't care that he was ripped off in 2020. And I was one of the election lawyers on 2020. I know it was a problem. Don't care. Because this, that's, that's the past. This drives people. I don't care about the future. This drives people batty because what they want to do is engage in a level of piousness. And I, and, and I have this debate constantly on the air. They want to be angry about the thing. Me, I want to go about winning. I oppose early voting. I oppose the ballot curing. I oppose the ballot harvesting. But if it's legal, you got to go out there and do it. And that's something that we aren't seeing as of yet from the Republican Party. Is this a conversation for the next future RNC chair? Or is this about every state? state getting down some brass tacks well i think it's about both look at california california believe it or not saved the house of representatives how did it do that uh because we adopt we, we we start playing by california rules which are early voting ballot harvesting all that stuff so you catch mega churches gun stores uh you know uh, you know all, all harvesting ballots from conservatives and we won seats that we had previously lost and we came close in a few others you've got to play by look you don't get to pick the battlefield you fight on you got to fight in the battle that you're faced with and if if you're in a state with these loose you got to play by them if you have a chance to tighten them up i i think you should i would like one day voting on paper everybody does it in person with full id and you know a notarized person I, you know, I, I would like that. But you know what? To get that done, I need to win elections so I could pass laws that make that the law. You say it. And a lot of people are, well, we should outlaw this stuff. Well, you know, I'd like a pony, too. You look great with a pony, by the way. I would, actually, I'd go for a unicorn. It really lets my inner rainbow out. Kurt Schlichter is his name. Uh, you can find his work at townhall.com uh, and the Kelly Turnbull series of books, the latest book being Inferno, available at amazon.com or wherever. I should say wherever fine books are sold, but that series is only at Amazon. His other books you can find all over the place, whether that be a Militant Normals, Will Be Back, The Fall and Rise, of America, and of course, uh, the 21 biggest lies about Donald Trump and you. You can find those at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. Kurt Schlichter, always a pleasure. Follow him on Twitter, S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R. Kurt Schlichter is where you find him on Twitter. Good to talk to you. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So we're getting ready for the holiday season, and we're doing that with a book signing. It's Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, guys. I like doing this. And I am hoping uh, to bring you some announcements. Maybe next week. Maybe. But it might, it might take till January. Which is like like the worst kind of tease. I hate those. But, but, it, it might actually have to work out that way. On Saturday, September 17th, 4 to 6 p.m., Smoker's Choice uh, there in Brownsburg. Huge, huge cigar humidor massive we're doing a book signing for let's go bourbon because it's the perfect gift for this christmas this hanukkah however you like to celebrate or give gifts we've got the books myself fingers malloy will be signing them we've got the eat drink smoke swag that we'll have i should have uh the cigar holders you know those things uh, uh, some people call them sticks 
And so when you've got the cigar and you've it's down to the, like really into the final third, right? Some people call it the nub, uh, and it's hard to hold, but you still want to smoke it. You can put a stick in it. You can stick it right in, and then you can do that. You can smoke it. And so we we have those, and uh, we've got them for. For you, I'm hoping to have them in stock and ready to go. But the pullovers are there and the books are there. Uh, Let's go bourbon. It is the bourbon reader you've always needed. Uh, The law, uh, famous quotes, recipes, everything that uh, you need. Everything is there in the book. Looking forward to looking forward to connecting. Uh, with with people. So that'll be Saturday, uh, September 17th, 4 to 6 p.m. in Brownsburg. So I'm hoping everybody is going to be there. And we'll, we'll do some Q&A. We'll do some cigar talk. We'll do some political talk. It'll be good. It'll be a good time had by all. I'm only hoping uh, I can catch you there. And I'm going to have some more on breaking down elections and what is going to be needed in the future. Expect that in the days and weeks ahead. Find everything at TonyCats.Locals.com. TonyCats.Locals.com. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care. <laughs>